Hi, this is former Pro Bowl center for the Buffalo Bills, Eric Wood, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on the Circling the Wagons podcast. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. The Buffalo Bills lose an incredible, heartbreaking loss in Philadelphia against the Eagles, 37-34 to in overtime on a walk-off Jalen Hurts rushing touchdown to put the Bills 6-6 six and six going into the bye week and, uh, and put some more questions in the air. So we're going to discuss everything and anything having to do with this Bills game. We're going to talk about the stats. We're going to talk about the penalties or the ridiculousness of the of the refereeing and penalties in this game. We're going to vent about some of the some of the game itself, some of the uh, the coaching decisions, the players, whatever you want to get into. Um, we're going to discuss it on this episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. But first, this episode is brought to you by the Twinspire Sportsbook at Delago. If you're in the Western New York or Central New York area, head on down to the Delago Resort and Casino. Check out the sportsbook there. It is a great time. Waterloo, New York. So, John, I'll start with you. Um, just a heartbreaking loss. I, I just tweeted out that it was this season in general feels like the Murphy's law of seasons for the Bills. Season. Whatever can go wrong will go wrong. And I put a, when the, when the game was even going into overtime, I said, you know, how confident are you in this, in this game going into overtime? I only put like a, a five minute limit on this, you know, tweet, because I knew that, you know, if I did a whole hour, people would be like, I'm not very confident after the Bills loss or whatever. So uh, five-minute limit, and 74% of the people were, like, not confident at all. And uh, those 74% of the people were absolutely right. Uh, just it was, a, it, was a, it was a tough one. It was a tough one. And we talked about, you know, outlook into the rest of the season on a previous podcast, just going into the season like, hey, or the rest of it, like, hey, whatever happens, happens. Like, I won't expect playoffs, but if the Bills make the playoffs – I'll be super excited for it, but I don't know, just another heartbreaking loss. Um, John, your thoughts on on the way that this ended and uh, and where you're at right now? I think I've already said all that I've had to say to this point. All right, Mike. <laughs> Mike. Instant classic for me, man. What a game. I would say the Eagles, in my book, are the best team in the NFL, and to play them, that could be a preview of the Super Bowl. To play them to the last play is awesome. Uh, oh my gosh. Incredible. Maybe, maybe it's time for you to liquidate that 401k you've been sitting on dripping in every bi-weekly and put some money on the billies to, to win. This I, I would not recommend that. Please don't do that just in case. But yeah, the odds the are great. Odds. Just don't liquidate your maybe, 401k. Maybe it's, uh, finally happened. Throw to in us. a five spot, not your five. When Bitcoin crashes, you buy. When stock market goes down, you buy. When the real estate market crashes, you buy. Same thing with the bills. Never had better odds now, and they're, they 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 can play with anybody, man. And we we said go like last week they can drop two. And what what games would you pick for them to drop? This one. This would be the top one for me. So like nothing's changed in my book except holy crap, they can play amazing two weeks after a, a brand new offensive coordinator. Yeah. So so big picture Same. wise, if you're not you know in the moment really upset about this loss big picture wise like the offense looks good what would you put what would you pin this loss on mike if you're looking for some sort of maybe not scapegoat but just like some area where man if this goes differently the bills the bills win this one and we're not talking i wish the one thing that irks me like obviously the officiating was horrific for from the bills side the horse collar got turned into uh grounding (laughs) grounding. ridiculous yeah i i didn't love mcdermott uh, ending the game, wasting a timeout um, to try and ice the kicker at all. Like, save that timeout. You still have the Bills have lost playoff games in 13 seconds, and you had double that amount of time to get in field goal range. 
We know Allen can extend the play like one or two passes. He got Bass for a shot. So I really did not like the willingness of the Bills to to play for overtime when there was time on the clock. Um, I understand Eagles have a good defensive line. You're worried about the strip sack, whatever. Like in that moment, like going to overtime felt like defeatist to me when you had all those timeouts and then for McDermott to burn one there, it changed the dynamic completely to then it's like, okay, now I can kind of forgive you for, for kneeling the clock out. But that, that irked me. Well, they still could have gone for it. Like you said, I mean, all they need was a field goal. So they need what, like two plays to score a field goal, just like the chiefs did. So two timeouts does it right. Right. One big play timeout and second big play timeout. And you make a field goal, but he was he was playing like that field goal was the last play in in, the, in regulation. regulation, which I didn't agree with. Which it's like if you look at it from a standpoint of what's easier for you to do: try to get a field goal with no time left, or to go into overtime, hope that you get the ball, take the ball down the field from the twenty-five yard line down to you know whatever next. Um, I guess I I see there's a sort of a conservative nature there by McDermott, but um, when the the Chiefs did it, they had to do it, right? Like, they were down by three. They had to go, you know, in 13 seconds and and, and get a field goal, right? Like, they weren't just playing with this amazing sense of um, urgency like we hoped McDermott would have, but at the same time, I definitely see that. I definitely see that. I think the horrendous officiating is probably one of the biggest storylines in this game with Mike, you mentioned the the non or the the non call for the horse collar tackle, which was right in front of the referee. Like the referee could almost reach out and touch Hassan Reddick's jersey. I mean, his Allen's jersey was ripped after that. <laughs> you know, like it was it was ridiculous. <laughs> I've never seen that. <laughs> it was I've never seen a such a blatant horse collar tackle where they just like, well, there. What else do you expect him to do? <laughs> like, right? Like that was an incredibly athletic play by Allen like he's horizontal with the ground like to get rid of that ball and then was it was it to Diggs that was I don't know they never showed like Romo kept saying there's a guy like only a few yards away but I couldn't they didn't show a good replay of it in my opinion to to show that but I mean I trust Romo I mean Romo says it's right there right so yeah yeah but it seemed like they would call the most obscure like obscure Ticky-tacky, like holding calls yeah, on yeah. the Bills. <laughs> Did you see that one where like the defensive tackle fell down and the guy, the Bills player, kind of like pushed him down to keep him down, right? Like you don't want him. Like what are you supposed to do? Just like put your hands up and freeze springs back up. <laughs> Let him get right back up. That's only fair. It's only fair. He loses his footing. You got to give him equal chance to get back right back up, right? Um, there was the non-pass interference call on Diggs in overtime. Luckily, that didn't end up killing them because they still went down the field. But, like, that play was really rough to see. There's a couple of pass interference plays on Diggs, I feel. There's a really big one on Sherfield where the guy was tackling him and holding his arms at his side so that he couldn't even mm-hmm. catch the ball on third on third down, which that would have been probably a catch. And if at bare minimum, should have been a first down with 15 yards, right? Like, uh, there's a play where... Um, I don't know if you guys saw it. I tried to retweet it where um, Josh Allen ran in for that touchdown. I believe it was to take the lead. And like Diggs gets blindsided in the end zone by a defensive back. That one was circulating around, like just right in front of the referee, like again. And uh, yeah, there were some, I mean, don't get me wrong. There were some plays and it was like so, so much the other way where the bills were getting called on everything. And to me, it's like, if you're going to call that game, that's fine. Like if you're going to call everything, that's fine. But call everything on both sides. Don't just say we're just going to call everything on the Bills. But like half of those plays, like half of those penalties, probably were like decent penalties, like the offsides or whatever, like false starts. But some of those were just you can't call that one unless you know for sure, right? Like even that AJ, like the AJ Brown fumble that wasn't didn't end up being a fumble on the last drive. Like that looked like it could have been a fumble, <laughs> and they're just like no. No, I don't even know if they reviewed it, to be honest. They're just like, nope. Um, so the calls, the non-calls by the officiating crew, we were saying this. Um, I don't know if, I don't think it'll get into the edit, but John was saying that this is the worst game that since what, John? You you said it You said it perfectly earlier that this officiating-wise, we can't not talk about that. Um, it's the worst game since? It's usually when he's ready to say something at that point. What were you saying? <laughs> 
<laughs> John. John, you were saying this was the worst game since the, uh, what was it, the 2 Patriots game or something? Did- it was like 99, 2000. 99. When they ran into the two-point conversion, because they, they didn't stay on the field because of all the BS calls that led up to that. Like the pass interference calls in the end zone and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was just as bad as the just give it to him game. Um, and then also, you know, if Gabe Davis looks the right way on that one pass from Josh Allen, he has a step on the defensive back. He scores a touchdown. The Bills don't even uh, – it was just rough from that standpoint of just, man, they keep you in it. They The Bills keep you in it just enough. <laughs> I mean, it was by far and away his, his best game since. Gabe Davis? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he still managed to cost us the game. <laughs> <laughs> he looked he looked amazing and he still killed us <laughs> for sure by far his best game of the entire season and it's just the one play and he just looks like did you see like Diggs talking to him on the sidelines he's like bro what was going on <laughs> like, what was, he's like oh I just uh, what were you thinking <laughs> oh you know I just uh uh, uh it's and I I would say that that, that might have been Allen's fault, but at the same time, this isn't the first time Gabe Davis has done this. Either run the wrong route or turn the wrong way, you know. Like it seems like this. It, it doesn't seem like hardly any other receivers have this issue, except for Gabe Davis, right? Like you rarely see Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs run the run the wrong route, right? Like it feels like it's at least once per game with Gabe Davis. He's just like, uh, what? <laughs> so. Surprised he didn't try to call um, intentional grounding on Josh Allen on that one, uh, but just because they've done it in the past. But anyway, um, Mike, Mike, you said this perfectly last week on the podcast, which I kind of I have to gravitate towards now because the Bills didn't win this game and they were so close. Is that you were like, okay, the Bills can lose two more games. You said this last week. The Bills can lose two more games, right? So they can go one and two against the Chiefs and Eagles, and then they go one and four, one and four against the Cowboys, uh, who is it, the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Dolphins, and the, the Chargers. Chargers, Patriots, okay. Dolphins. And that yeah. still holds true. So if you're if you're looking on the bright side of everything, right, like you want to keep... Maybe they'll win one more game. You think they'll only win one more game, John? I think worst-case scenario, they go 8-9, which means they would only win two more games. Worst-case scenario, 8-9. I think there's no way that they don't... Did you say don't win another game or win only... One more game. I gave him one. Okay. All right. I'd say they win at least two more. Probably more like three more. I figured they'd fall into a game where they would win. <laughs> no, this was... Uh, I was thinking about it. Like, this could be potentially someday like a Super Bowl game, right? Like, the Bills, you have a, a really good... One of the best NFC teams out there, right? Like, there's only two or three good NFC teams, so it's not that difficult to picture who the Bills would play in the Super Bowl. And it would be the Eagles. And I was thinking the whole time, I'm like, man, what a disappointing game this would be if Sean Hockley, son of Ed Hockley, was officiating that Super Bowl like he was today and gave that terrible of a performance and just like thinking that the Bills got screwed out of the at game. This, at this rate, by the time the Bills make the Super Bowl, it'll be his great, great, great grandson. <laughs> I think eventually, I think, wouldn't they have, they move to, um, Auton- like refs, computer, please, yeah, like, AI less subjective, yeah. Some something's got to become subjective when the technology is there. They have those general dynamics, like like uh, those soldiers that just like walk like people, but they they kind of look semi look like people, like the bare the bare bones, and like they can like jump over things. And you know, have you ever seen those soldiers? Like they show that go on social media, and you're like, at first you're like. Is that a no, dream no, no. you had? They have soldiers yeah, yeah, yeah. already? Yeah, never seen them. I just thought the they dogs, had dogs. Yeah, well, the dogs were the first step. <laughs> the dogs were the first step. Oh. Now it's like people who like, yeah, like they've shown them with guns. <laughs> they've shown these robots with guns. <laughs> like automatic, like handgun. <laughs> um, at first you're just like, that's cool. And then the second thing you're thinking is like, holy shit, that's scary <laughs> Like to think of, right? Like they show like uh, a guy maybe trying to go after it. And then the other, the robot either like disarms them or whatever, right. And shoots them with blanks. <laughs> uh, chokes them out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's just a step away. But yeah, they need those guys on the field that just like, you know, it, how is this not AI driven yet? Like how is there so much human error involved into this 
you know, this sort of officiating. Like, it's ridiculous. Doesn't it ever make you think, too? Like, this is the conspiracy theory, Nate, portion of the podcast. But, like, gambling is the biggest it's ever been. And it's finally legalized, right? So, like, there was always a possibility of referees or whatever being persuaded by the mob or bad bets gone wrong, right? Like, they're going to lose their house or something. And they have to, you know, make a deal with a bookie, right? Like, there's always that possibility before. (laughs) But now... But bro, you you know, <laughs> you don't think so. This is a, no a complete tangent. I just thought of we, we got to come back to that. But how low in your esteem has the mob fallen? Like in terms of savviness, right? Morality aside, but to find out that it was Rudy Giuliani who took down the mob, <laughs> that he was the one, like oh my people. gosh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> What an idiot. <laughs> Dude, at the time, I was just like, wow, like Giuliani knows his stuff. And then the more he's in the news the last, what, eight years or whatever, you're just like, what a what a bumbling moron. How the hell did that guy get anything done? How'd that guy keep his, how did he not get disbarred? <laughs> yeah. You remember that press conference at the Four Seasons it's next to a crematorium and a sex shop. <laughs> it's like, once you pull up and you realize it, why would you still go through with it? Oh, man. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. What an odd place to meet for a formal press conference. The Four Seasons. No, it's the landscaping company. Oh, do you hold all of your press conferences at, you know, certain small private businesses? Yeah. Uh, But yeah, don't you think like there's a possibility that refs could easily be influenced by outside sources? Let's say I have no, let me hold on. I'm going to Google. What does an NFL ref make? Guess how much an NFL ref makes. If you had to guess, John, I'll, I'll let you guess first. Is this per game annually. or annually? So they work per time. Correct. How many games? So like a 17. Do they all work 17 games or? I think you make more, obviously. I'm just saying like not the ones that officiate the Super Bowl, like the average. Okay. If you do a Super Bowl, it's probably another like 15, 20 grand or something like that. 40K. A year? I'm gonna go forty k in one dollar. <laughs> you're yeah, you're it's still in my real guess is a hundred and. You're like oh yeah at fifteen k. I'm like all right, so I'll go. <laughs> I'll go on low side. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant fifteen k, fifteen k plus for the Super Bowl. So like it's it's about two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. So think about that. Like, so there's no excuse. There's no. There's well, like if they if they're making not that like it would matter. They could be making five million and still be have a have a gambling thing, right? But if you put fifty thousand dollars on a game and you affect the outcome of it, you could double your money within one game, or have a nephew do it, or a distant cousin put in the. I'm just saying. So like what I'm saying is they're replaceable. Like if they if they make two hundred fifty thousand a year, you think they're replaceable because they make too much. Or because somebody would yeah. give them, pay yeah. them a lot less money. Yeah, because somebody else could just move right in and be like, oh, I could do that for 250000 And so if they're not good enough, they get like, it feels like a, doesn't it? You can, only, you can only have so many, right? It's like just like anything else with the league. You can have so many quarterbacks, so many whatever, so many refs. If you're not good enough, then they can find somebody that is. That's making, if you're making that much money. There's a part-time gig, even. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Wouldn't that be the best gig ever? You literally start working in, what, August? And then you go to, like, January? That's if you don't do playoffs or the Super Bowl? That's not a bad gig. 250000 I'd do it. You obviously don't have to be good at it. <laughs> you, don't no. have to, you don't have to be 100% accurate. Like, that would, that would be my big issue. would be like, oh, man, I hope I really get it right. But then at the end of the day, it's just like, if you're not sure, don't call it. <laughs> like, unless you're 100% sure that that's the penalty, don't freaking blow your whistle. Don't even bother. Wait till you know for sure, you know? Um, anyway, that was tough. I'm going to go into stats of the game real quick so because I don't want to be too depressed into this. Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills, 29 for 51, 339 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. We didn't mention that one interception. I mean, that we were talking about, like, game-killing 
mistakes, and that one interception that Josh threw right into Darius Slay's hands, I mean, that was a killer. I mean, it was like, what, at their own 20-yard line, led right to a touchdown? Um, that was just rough, unfortunately. Um, still, though, like, honestly? So, real quick, guys, both John and Mike, I mean, this this Josh Allen that you have right now, the way he's played the last two games, like, you would take hit this still, even though he made that one interception, and supposedly based on the stats of the game, he was like his eighth straight game with an interception, which I don't care about. It's like whatever, you know. Like he throws he throws interceptions, but he also has amazing plays too. So I'm willing to take the good with the bad. Do you like this version of Josh Allen much better than the version that we had up until two games ago? Like, is it even a contest? John, I'll start with you. I love Josh Allen. <laughs> so you love this version of Josh Allen though the last two games, right, Mike? It's not even close. Yeah. Right. Okay. Just want to make sure it wasn't just me. Like I. But then again, the Bills had 505 yards of total offense. The Eagles only had 378. Guess how many yards of penalties the Bills had? Quick guess. Don't think about it. Just say one. Mike. 100. John. 1,000. <laughs> Less than 1,000. Mike is closer. <laughs> it's 80. 80. I thought it, would, it felt like it was going to be like a, in the triple digits. I had this feeling, triple digits, but it was not. Um. Josh Allen was also the leading rusher for the Bills today. Nine attempts, 81 yards, two touchdowns. Dude, Josh Allen, if you were to look at Josh Allen versus Jalen Hurts side-by-side in today's game, because Jalen Hurts right now I believe is the leading MVP candidate. If you were to look at both of them side-by-side, and I like to take the bias out of everything, completely non-biased, even though I'm a huge Bills fan, we have a Bills podcast, completely non-biased. Josh Allen should be an MVP candidate over Jalen Hurts, right? Like, is he even close? Well, I think his his ceiling is higher, I would argue, but consistency is not there. But he only had one. He had the same amount of turnovers that uh, that uh, Jalen Hurts had. I mean, for the oh, season, yeah, right? Okay. <laughs> for the season, yeah. I mean, Josh Allen plays like this every game. The, the Bills go to the Super Bowl, and he wins MVP, right? Obviously, they usually win that game, but the referees aren't, you know, mobbed up or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that it helps but i I don't like mvp because it's turned into the best quarterback and even then it's not the most valuable quarterback for the team either necessarily like you could make an argument from a homes like what who do you i mean outside of kelsey he's got nothing but he makes it work and Allen outside of Diggs, he's got nothing he makes it work i mean uh, hurts has got lots of weapons he's got amazing weapons amazing offensive line amazing weapons yeah but even then it's come down to the best quarterback and there's lots of other players and so i I just don't like mvps and all those different awards because they they put too much emphasis on the skill positions and fantasy football and all that so it's not i don't think it's true indicator same thing with the pro bowl like there's fan voting and this and that yeah that needs to be run by ai as well the pro bowl voting mvp voting everything Josh Allen, like I said, leading rusher. James Cook, Captain Cook, the next leading rusher after that. 16 carries for 43 yards. There was there were points where he was really moving the ball well. Uh, and then there were points where he just couldn't get anything going. Latavius Murray, nine carries for 30 yards. Um, Ty Johnson, I thought, looked good again. Six carries for 19 yards. I like, I like this. Like, J- Sean McDermott always talked about having a well-balanced team. Like, I think this is what he wanted the whole time because this was a good – running the ball team, and this was a good passing team by the Buffalo Bills, by their offense. Gabe Davis, leading receiver for the Buffalo Bills, six receptions on, guess how many targets? You had to guess real quick. Six out of what? How many did he actually get thrown to? Seven? More? Ten. Ten. a good guess. John, more or less? Ten and a half. He had 12 targets, so Mike wins that one. Twelve. Twelve. Lots of targets for Gabe Davis today. Uh, Stefan Diggs, six receptions on 11 targets for 74 yards and a touchdown. Gabe Davis had a touchdown also. James Cook, third leading receiver, six receptions on seven targets for 57 yards. That one target he did not catch was the most important one in the game. Uh, Khalil Shakir, three receptions on five targets for 47 yards. Dalton Kincaid, five for six, uh, 38 yards, and uh, some other people. doesn't really matter. Um, leading receiver for – so this is the, the Eagles real quick. Jalen Hurts. 18 for 31, 200 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Swift, 14 carries for 80 yards. Jalen Hurts, the second leading rusher, 14 carries for 65 yards, two touchdowns. Um, leading receiver for the Eagles, Devonta Smith, 
uh, seven receptions on eight targets for 106 yards and a touchdown. AJ Brown had five receptions on nine targets for 37 yards and a touchdown. That the Zacchaeus, that Zacchaeus guy, dude, like what? Remember that next gen stats catch a few weeks ago against the Broncos, where Cortland Sutton caught it in the end zone, and it was like a the most unlikely touchdown catch since like next gen stats started covering that stuff since 2018 or whatever. Like that, that's a chaos touchdown catch where Hertz just lobs it up and hide for whatever reason. Wasn't ready at all for that one. Like that was, that's gotta be up there too. Right. That was crazy. Again, another example of the bills beating themselves and making big mistakes enough. So enough to let the other team in it and the other team just gets, you know, for all intents and purposes, all intents and purposes, <laughs> the the uh, the plays go, the ball bounces their way. What do you think of uh, Eagles' final drive? The fumble that wasn't the AJ Brown catch, receiver catch. Yeah, they said he needed three steps. I don't get that. And they were talking about time, like all these different things I've never even heard about being in consideration. It, it's like you make a football move, guy. He caught it. He tucked it. He was about to run with it. And they're like, nope, nope, nope. Took a couple steps. <laughs> it was weird. It seemed like like the first time through him was incomplete. But like the way they were talking about it afterwards is like, well, if that was a sideline catch and he caught it with two feet, then they would have ruled it a catch. Then like it was a little confusing. Yeah, that's the thing that gets me is it's like if he had made that catch and went out of bounds and and it and it had been knocked out by somebody else, it wouldn't have counted as a is uh is an incomplete pass it would have just been a fumble or whatever it wouldn't have mattered because it got knocked out. i don't i don't get that he had the ball he had it firmly in his hands one two and then it got knocked out right like how is that how many more steps does it need does he need to take does he need to juke a defender before it becomes you know a fumble or what else does he possibly have to do he wasn't i can understand if he was bobbling it the whole time and then it gets knocked out on a second or third step I get that, right? But he firmly had it. He caught it, was carrying it. Football move, which to me is like catching it and bringing it down, right? It was like, and, and for, all, for what they should have done is called that a fumble and then had it have to be overturned, right? Like they did that earlier in the game. They called it a fumble and then they make it get overturned based on the review. I don't think, did they even do a review for that one? I know uh, McDermott called the timeout. I don't think they did a review, did they? No, and like so, like McDermott had a waste of time out to give them extra time to think about it because in overtime it's all through the booth. It's all through the booth, and so and- he's like, "Oh, I'm going to call a timeout so they can look at it again." Like he waste, like he he shouldn't have to do that. No, it right? should have been it should have been stopped, right? Like the 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 booth upstairs should have been like, "We're reviewing this just to double check because they didn't they didn't blow the whistle either." Like they let that play out to see who was going to end up with the ball, and then they're just like, "Ah, no, no, incomplete." You know, yeah. Sean well, Hockley over there. Well, it's rigged anyway, it's rigged. so it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> you guys got to follow Warren Sharp on Twitter. He's like, he hates Sean Hockley, which is, I believe it's Ed Hockley's son or nephew or whatever, which Ed Hockley was such a douche also. Like he was just, it was all about him. It's like he would find the tightest shirts <laughs> to, remember he would do that to like his last game called and it was just all about him. Like, it's like, this isn't about you guy. Like this is. This is about the like the way that he calls. I don't know. It was it was interesting. You got to follow Warren Sharp to see his string of tweets. Like he does this constantly. It's really good. Um, but yeah, Mike, what did you think? Same thing, right? Like I feel like if you had to, we're the most non biased Bills podcast out there, right? I think we can safely say that. Definitely. Uh-huh. Like if anything, we probably overcompensate. Like yeah, like try to find things wrong with the Bills and you know most other podcasts. So in saying that. I still feel like if I were to make a, a blank call, if I'm the one watching it, it's like that should have been a fumble, in my opinion. Mike? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't even know if we want to do a Gettys. Do you want to do a Sweet Sassy Molassie play the game? It just. I want to talk about Von Miller. <laughs> where He's completely. If you're not ready, don't play because you're taking up a spot that someone is. Just looks completely ineffective and completely lost. He does. He looks like a shell of himself, doesn't he? he it's. I, that's insulting to a shell. <laughs> He's a, what's worse than a shell of himself? An exos, like a worn out, like snake skin of himself. A husk, a husk, <laughs> <laughs> a husk of himself. <laughs> uh, like, have you ever like 
drawn something in chalk on the sidewalk and then it rains right after, but you can still kind of tell that there was at one point some chalk on the sidewalk. <laughs> like it wasn't just a torrential downpour, but there was enough rain. Like that's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's Von Miller this season. <laughs> what a waste. Hold on. Hold on. I gotta, I'm going to make, I'm going to want to see, uh, Von Miller's stat lines for the season because well unless there's a stat line for like running 10 yards <laughs> deeper than the quarterback and getting completely lost you're not going to see any stats yeah. dude every time he's in there I'm like why isn't AJ Epinesa or Greg Russo or Leonard Floyd on the field because they did the it was uh Leonard Floyd had the tip pass in the air and Terrell Brown intercepted I'm like thank god Floyd was in there instead of Von Miller like Von Miller was in the last drive, and I'm like, why? Why would you put Von Miller on the field? What a waste! And then it was like they had a they had a five man rush, so they had like AJ Epinesa on one side, Von Miller on one side, and then they had Floyd, Greg Rousseau, and Ed Oliver. And I was just like, okay, I guess, <laughs> but it's like you're just wasting space by having him out there. Like I I was watching him on purpose because. You know how I said, you know, we just said we're the most like nonpartisan, non-biased Bills podcast. I'm like, maybe because we always rag on him every week. It feels like I'm watching him. I'm like, maybe I'm not giving him enough of a chance. I'm going to watch him specifically during the live play when he's out there to see if he's really making a difference. And he made absolutely no difference at all today. It felt like like there was times where he would just like try the rush his first rush move. If it did not work immediately, he just kind of stood there and kind of like went back. Right. Like. It's there. there. What the? You didn't even jump up to try to bat the ball down or whatever. Like, ah, uh, it's a, it's a waste. It's a void in the field, right? Like, we could have traded Von Miller this season and kept. Who do we trade away? Boogie Basham kept him. He would be making more of an impact right now than Von Miller by far. Like, it's not even close. And I get it. And I'm not. We're not trying to say that he shouldn't be on the field. Because he's injured. That's fine to be injured. No one expects you to be superhuman and come back. That's fine. You don't get more than five or ten snaps a game, though. I'm sorry. This is not the time for you to ramp up your play and get ready for the season. Like, you better do that in practice or, like, with very, very limited snaps during the game. Right? What is the coaching staff looking at? We're by yourself at home. (laughs) (laughs) In your own time, man. So, yeah. I I retweeted this this one... uh, where this guy's like Vaughn, what are you doing? And he highlighted him. You have to check it out on 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 Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I did do a, a poll on Twitter slash X. I said, "What do people call it?" And ninety six percent of people say Twitter still. So I'm going with Twitter from now on. So we will eventually go to Twitter for some hot takes, of course. <laughs> but um, yeah, Von Miller. Would you give if you were to give a wall of shame for today's game? Would you give it to Von Miller just for being on the field? <laughs> He'd be up there, right? He'd be like an honorable mention. I would give it to the refs in the NFL. The refs in the NFL. That's a good one. I would give it to Tyler Bass slash special teams because of the blocked field goal that would have won the game. Um, The blocked field goal or the missed field goal or James Cook for missing that catch that would have won them the game. There was like four or five pretty bad drops. Why don't you pick one? If you could pick one. You're naming a lot of things. Pick one thing. The refs, for sure. I mean, more so go. than anything. Exactly. Number one. It's, it's fucking rigged. It's rigged. I can't disagree. It feels that way. It felt like the refs were like, whoa, the Bills are doing a little too good today. They're getting, they're playing a little bit better than we thought that they would. Like, you got to stop this. Like, this seems like they might. The Bills would have been up by 20 at halftime if it wasn't for the refs. I'm fully convinced of that. Like, they they... They stopped calling as many penalties in the second half on the Bills, but by then the damage was done. Right? They were only up by what ten or three by halftime. Like it was, it was a little too late at that point. Let's see. At halftime, it was seventeen to seven. So should have they should have been up twenty-seven to seven. You know that uh, a play that stuck out for me was on I think it was Allen's first touchdown run with Osiris Torrance trailing the play. I think Allen would have gotten stood up at the goal line, but it was really cool to see uh, a lineman get all the way downfield like that. Yeah, definitely. That was a really good play, Mike. And, and heads up play by the rookie, Osiris. Osiris the virus. What do you like? Do you like that one better or Cyborg? That was his nickname in college, Cyborg. I like rhymes. You like rhymes, yeah. If it's not alliteration, it's got to be a rhyme. <laughs> Captain Cook. That has, that's alliteration and multiple meanings, right? Osiris the virus, mm. rhyming it. Third and Cole, 
neither. And no, Con Air. <laughs> Con Air, yep. Well, that's what I, th- I always think of, right? Was it Cy- was it Cyrus yeah. the virus in Connor or Osiris? It was Cy- it was Cyrus, right? Okay, Cyrus. but Osiris is even better than I kind of think. But was he? Uh, um, which character was he? It wasn't Nicolas Cage. It was uh, John Malkovich. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really good play. How about uh, Trent Sherfield? It's like he and Alan just like met each other <laughs> when he gets on the field. Like, yeah, they have no chemistry whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> if you were to go by chemistry on the field, like Sherfield and Hardy have like no chemistry with Josh Allen, whereas like Shakir seems like he has really good chemistry with Josh Allen, like more so than even I would say he's either second or third on the team behind Diggs and maybe Kincaid, like chemistry wise. Whereas like Sherfield and like even Davis is so hit and miss. Sometimes it's like they could score four touchdowns together, and sometimes it's like. Davis just doesn't even get in the stat sheet, you know? So sweet, sassy, molassy play of the game. Um, I mean, the play that I'm going to give, which is kind of like the what I thought the, the Gettysburg of the game was going to be, was going to be where uh, that second quarter play, like I mentioned, where Leonard Floyd tipped the ball up and Bernard got the interception. And then Allen, they went from being down 7-3 to going up 10-7 because Allen had that nine-yard run. And I believe, no, was that the run that uh, Osiris the virus pushed him in on? I think it might have been. I can't remember. Um, but he had two nine-yard runs. It might have been the first one. It might have been the second one that um, Torrance was part of. So what about uh, – do you have anyone on your wall of fame? It's got to be Josh Allen, right? I mean, Josh Allen put the team yeah. on his back. John, if you had to give the wall of fame to somebody, if you had to? like I, For me, I'm going to say it's McDermott because just – I still – it's not quite statistically significant, I wouldn't say. Like, it's possible the Bills just lose – close games randomly, but they're due a lot of wins in, in overtime games to even things out. You're going six under McDermott, I think now, right? I believe that's what, yeah. So, so you, and, and looking at one score games, terrible. So you put that on McDermott then. So yeah. wall of shame then for McDermott specifically. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, when, when does it come to, because I was getting, and, and I'll, and I'm going to read these hot takes soon um, when we get into it, but, because he's he's not playing to win at the end, not being nearly aggressive enough. We talk about we talked about it um, going into the half. He's got timeouts and he wastes them, not thinking through that he's got a gunslinger in Allen could easily get a thirty yard pass, two twenty yard passes to try for the long field goal to end the game. Mm-hmm. And then in overtime, it's first, isn't it? First and goal from the ten. Yeah, even at the end of the first. And then it seems like we always need the defense. We, it, it comes out, oh, we just need one more stop. Yeah. We never get it. <laughs> oh, we just need this one thing. Like, we should be up by 14, but we just need this one more stop. And that wasn't going to happen in this game because the Eagles had already figured out how to do it by that point, by the second half. They already figured us out. So we're not going to stop them again. And to your point, like, at the end of the first half, there was 20 seconds left, and we had Josh Allen and one timeout, and we knelt on it immediately. Why not try for a couple... And we should have had more timeouts directly because of but the McDermott. even with that, why not try for a couple of passes and a timeout and a field goal at the end of the first mm-hmm. half? Like, no, it's, well, it's just kneel on it. Yeah, that's a good point. What a lot of people after this game, and we'll get into hot takes where I think a lot of people are going to use it as their hot take, is McDermott needs to go. And I'm kind of a McDermott apologist in the fact that I guess maybe it's sentimental in the fact that he ended the drought. And I think he always, like most of the time, these games are always competitive. Like the Bills are always in the games. There's very few times where you're like, the Bills don't have a shot to win this one. Like they're, it seems like a best against the best teams in the NFL, they always have a shot. You know what? It wouldn't be as big of a deal if they had beaten the Broncos or the Buc- and the Buccaneers and the Jets week one. And maybe one of the other teams. Like, at this point, they should have had a lot more wins. So now, it's a lot more significant when they lose, even if it's at a high-caliber team. And I and I agree with you, but, like, the way that the Bills are losing these games, I guess I just can't put it all on McDermott. Like, I, it's just like with... No, that's the reason why you have to put it on McDermott. They're, he's 0-6 in overtime games with the Bills. Like, look, look at the epic failures in the playoffs when when they've advanced and, and how they've done. Like, the year that they were supposed to win the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, 
the epic collapse. I'm not saying like fire McDermott immediately, but you got to put some blame on him. Yes. Okay. Okay. For for that, I, I 100%. He definitely needs to be blamed for this loss, but not the main reason why they lost this one, right? Oh, like, the refs. It, it's rigged. The yeah. NFL the NFL rigged it. So, like, <laughs> no, for sure. Not this particular game. But if you look at an overall sample size, it's not great, right? Like, with the talent that they've had, they, sh- they should have done better. Like, it comes down to inches, right? And I feel like with McDermott, there's definitely been a lack of them this last season. But like at the same time, like the season before that, they went thirteen and three. The season before that, they went what twelve and four, or eleven and six, or whatever. Like they're they're always competitive, and I think that like I just can't blame him for I, he was a part of this loss. But it's like, well, he's not the one to told Josh Allen to throw it. You know, he's not the one that like knocked the ball out of James Cook's hand when he was like he could have walked into the end zone. He didn't tell Gabriel Davis to look the wrong way in the end zone. Like like I know people think that. That's all coaching, and I agree. I guess to a point, it is. But at the same time, like these guys are grown men. Like they make, they just make mistakes. Like there was a lot of, a lot of mistakes. Like a blocked, a blocked field goal. Like why wasn't the guy blocking him well enough or whatever? Like part of coaching is discipline, and that's mistakes. You know, there were some penalties that weren't on the refs. Believe it or not, that that belonged. That, that were that you know early in the game that shouldn't have been, shouldn't have happened. And miscues like that's coaching and that's from the top down so you have to take to take that no count you do i just i know i see enough of those things where i'm just like you know josh shouldn't have done this or so-and-so shouldn't have done that like i just i just have a hard time placing that on dorsey along with the penalties like it'd be one thing if the bills got blown out and then the penalties were just the penalties were what kept them from keeping it a making it a good game but like literally the penalties i mean they what is he supposed to do i mean he's there's a horse collar on your quarterback right in front of like the referee, right in front of like two referees, and it wasn't called. Like, what can he do for that? <laughs> you know, like what? Not only wasn't it called, but they called intentional grounding, grounding. <laughs> because he got whipped around and the ball came out of his hand. <laughs> Come on, I know it was a minus thirty yard play, right? Like it should have been plus fifteen instead of it was a minus fifteen and or ten and, and the down loss of down. Absolute worst case scenario. It's ridiculous. I like I like showed that tweet on Twitter. Showed that image. I said this was a penalty on Buffalo. Like it's insane. Like if you were to show somebody that who hadn't watched the game at all, be like this was a penalty on the Bills. Josh Allen getting horse collared, horse collar tackled, ended up being a penalty for Buffalo. <laughs> That's absolutely insane. I was surprised when they started calling penalties against the Eagles, like those false start penalties on Jason Kelsey. I'm just like I can't believe this is even happening. I don't know if this is a makeup call or what, but like, so John, you were saying, you know, the thing about McDermott, like they should have played so much tighter on that last drive on defense than they did. Like they allowed that first down when it was like third and six or something. Right. And Romo said it on the broadcast, Romo's like, you should be so on top of these guys that not playing to not lose by a touchdown, which is what exactly happened, but like not to, not to play to like, <laughs> Get even let them get a first down, right? Like you, you want them to try to kick the field goal, right? Or to try to kick the field goal and try to make a fifty-two yard field goal. That's what you want. You don't want them to like not score a touchdown. You want the field goal to be worst case scenario. You field goal to be worst case scenario. Not that that you don't want the touchdown. No, no, it's like worst case scenario. Obviously, is a touchdown, but that's what they were. That's what they were thinking. That's the way they were playing. It was like it wasn't quite prevent. It wasn't as bad as a Leslie Frazier defense where the guys would be like ten yards off on a third and six. Right? It wasn't that bad. Give McDermott credit. He does not do that. But they were still three or four yards off. So, like all the guys had to do was like you know run a decent route and then just fall forward a couple of yards and it was a first down. So yeah. But then there were also some good plays where like Ed Oliver was ready for like that Jalen Hurts run up the middle. Like that was an amazing play on defense. Again, I can't really get in the fault of defense. The defense is down so many guys and their safeties are old. They're so old. <laughs> Hyde and Poyer. They just, <sighs> it's going to be an interesting off season to talk about like players to replace players that aren't coming back. Like what they do, what they need to do to bring this team to the next level. But can't wait. <laughs> So do you guys want to hear some hot takes? Not really, but go ahead, because I think you can do it anyway. (laughs) All right, here we go. 
All right, after this, and since Mike uh, said I have to do it from now on, I'm going to like every tweet that I come across, even if I don't read them on the podcast, because he made me feel guilty about it. So uh, after I said the Bills lose 37-34 in OT against the Eagles, what are your hot takes in this loss, Bills Mafia? McDermott and Davis need to go. Okay. That was the looks like the most liked most liked uh, reply. I agree with Davis. I'm okay with Davis leaving. I like him. I don't love him. I, I, I can't even say that like keeping him, like even trying to keep him on a vet minimum deal. Mike, you were talking about that last week. Vet minimum deal. Keep keep Gabe Davis or let him walk. You know you won't get him for like less than probably ten million a year. Would you keep him? I mean, would you keep him for the vet minimum, which is like I'm drafting drafting a receiver. receiver. <laughs> Mike's team draft a receiver. I'm with you, Mike. AJ Tharp writes officiating will co- continue to receive no announced penalties fines for violations while players will be fined thousands for dumb errors that the general public don't disagree don't agree with nfl officiating is making this game unfun to watch can i ask a dumb question it's like why don't they just have more officials <laughs> like if they can't catch everything and there's not enough of them to go around just add another official or two right like this this seems like well, they have they have the booth right why can't they just overrule everything why can't they be like nope you're wrong like we're gonna call it from up here yeah. So make this call. Hey, where were those refs in all black that ran on the field against the Bills in the Texans game? Where were they in this game? They should have run on the field after that horse collar yeah. tackle. Yeah, that game was rigged too. It was. NFL officiating is making this game unfun to watch. You know what's funny is I, I'll, I'll always bitch and complain about the officiating on Twitter. And then people will like reply back or like quote tweet it with like at NFL officiating, like their official Twitter. It's like, do you really think they're reading this? <laughs> Do you think the at NFL officiating like official Twitter feed is just like, whoa, Bills fans are pissed. I guess we better start calling a better game from now on. I I think I like the intent there. I just don't think it matters whatsoever. Bartman writes McDermott will be forever a bridesmaid, never the bride, been a defender for too long. Emily says this loss isn't on Josh. No, definitely not on Josh. British Bill Dog writes McDermott wouldn't have been calling soft zone slash prevent defense in overtime if cook hadn't dropped that touchdown the intentional grounding was called a horse collar bass hadn't shit the same pants twice and we were up 20 points when philly had the ball inside the last two minutes (laughs) dude tyler bass this season you know we did our our uh mid-year uh awards we basically was like most surprising you know in a good way and then most disappointing dude tyler bass is is creeping his way up there for me on the entire season, most disappointing performance. Like he's up there, especially when we need him to be his best. He is not, especially when you see the other team kick a 59 yard field goal to stay in the game. And your guy misses a 48 yarder. It's just rough, man. Big Mike writes, at least with a bye week bills, mafia can go a little while without such heartbreak. <laughs> yeah. We can't lose next week. Yasinator writes, I'm pissed off. That's my hot take. How many times do we let Josh down in these situations? When he plays an incredible game, Justin Goddard writes, this one sucks real bad in the context of the season overall, but it's the best we've looked all year. Yeah, I'm still convinced this season is just a Murphy's law season. Like it's just everything that can go wrong for the bills has gone wrong. Blake Boriicki writes, the refs did worse than any player on the bills. Yep. White Henry says now Brady is him. You mean Joe Brady? Cause we only call him Joe Brady on the podcast. This is not to confuse him with any other Brady who shall remain unnamed. Thomas Durlach, most poorly officiated game ever. Four for four writes, Andy Reid would never kneel with 20 seconds and a timeout in a must-win game. Playing to not lose is simply clutching defeat from the jaws of victory. So I agree with the second part of that take, but the first part is like Andy Reid would never do this. Like I was texting you guys, and I think I retweeted on Twitter, uh, Andy Reid, when the, I think the Chiefs were down 14 to 7 against the Eagles, he punted from their own 37 yard line, right? Like he has Patrick Mahomes. He should trust Patrick Mahomes with the ball. And like it was like a fourth and five, fourth and seven or something like that. Like he shouldn't have punted there. He should have gone for it, right? Like you have, even Andy Reid does that. So Andy Reid isn't this like golden god of aggressiveness just because he has. He does. He's very conservative sometimes too. Joe Torello writes, kickers never miss field goals. BS bills. Oh, field goals. 
he must be meaning like against the Bills. Oh, versus the Bills. And when they do, we have 12 men on the field, 59 yards in the rain. Brutal. <laughs> what was most annoying about that field goal was that he kicked that in such a way that he curled it into the uprights. Because when he started to curl, you're like, he's going to miss this one. The Bills won. And then he like curled at the last minute. Just right. Friends on the bridge right, writes uh, that our defense is really good until it's not. Also, let's start focusing the conversation on next year's draft. Sit Josh and put him in mothballs until next season. A bad injury now keeps him out half of next year at this point. Yeah, good point. I don't think they'll do that until, I mean, they won't do it no matter what, but Big R writes, Josh's interception was more of a backbreaker than poor refing. I think they're both er terrible, to be honest. Charles Byrne says he shows the uh, the pass interference call where the ball's in the air and the guy's literally pulling on Stefan Diggs's jersey, which I've retweeted too. So check that out. John Donahue writes McDermott almost always chokes in close games. Yeah, this is an issue. Tom Zebold writes hot take and same old take, same old bills. Mm. Just say no to turf, right? Screwed over by the refs multiple times. Screwed over by McDermott. Hated the kneel with 20 seconds. The NFL hates us and wants to kill me. <laughs> Plus, can the real Von Miller please come back? No, he's not going to come back. He's just going to keep taking precious reps away from the guys that are uh, healthy and uh, and doing really well this season. Northside Tommy writes, who thinks we can beat the... Who now thinks we can beat Casey, Dallas, LA, or Miami? Ugly. Lisa says, not going to be in playoffs, and once again, find a way to lose. I'm still a Bills fan, just disappointed and sad. I'm not sure of McDermott's ability to have them prepared. We seriously have lost every way you can. Now they can play spoiler. So how how far do you guys think that Sean McDermott has to go before you even consider firing him? Like, if they miss the playoffs this season, which we think is, is definitely a possibility. Here, I'm going to go check out the Bills playoff odds especially with everything that went on today six and six the bills are the 10th seed in the playoffs still the bills almost have to win out at this point every loss this is from pro football focus or pro football network espn's pro power football football power index still gives the bills a 36.9 percent chance of making the playoffs before week 12 by no means is buffalo done but the odds are against him right now all right what what has to happen for McDermott to get fired? I feel like we talk about this every week, but thank you guys, everyone, by the way, for sharing your thoughts on Twitter for your hot takes. Uh, appreciate that for sure. Um, I mean, do you think there will ever be a t time when Bean is just like, I, I could see him looking at this season as like a wash with the injuries, but every week we get away from that and they continue to lose. It's got me thinking more and more that like, I don't think he's going to be in the hot seat, but like, I think Bean's going to start thinking about it next season depending on how the Bills do next season, right? I agree. If it happens next season as well, then yeah. Because if you think about like the, the, the coaching gaffes that he just keeps running into, if you put the defense, like let's say you have an offensive coordinator like Joe Brady or, or someone that's just halfway decent to get a good output from Josh Allen, do you need the best defensive coordinator as long as you can have a guy that can coach you to winning these close games, right? Like, what good is having a great defensive coordinator when you can't seem to stop them in the final moments? Besides that Giants game, really, they're two and six now in the season when the when the game has been decided by a score or less. They're two and six, like that's pretty crappy. Yeah, that's the tricky part. Like the like McDermott's a great defense coordinator, but he's not gonna. If they get a new coach, they're not gonna get as good of a coordinator as McDermott is. Exactly. Do you? have faith in Bean finding a replacement for McDermott if he had to. That's something I never really thought of because he would he would have to do that. If they got rid of McDermott, they would have to find someone out there. that. I mean, it feels like Bean knows what the culture needs to be and the, the sort of thing he's trying to build, right? So, Yeah, I, I like Bean a lot still. I still like McDermott, but not, you know, it's been tough. Like, we can blame the refs for this game, but there's been a lot of games like every other game, it, this has happened other years as well. Where every other game, they're winning, losing, winning, losing, winning, losing, and this has happened a few years ago too. And you, you can't, you can't sustain that. No, uh, I, I, I'm gonna hold off on the fire McDermott talk for now, but um, it's just something we'll keep in the back of our uh, back of our pocket. Mike, do you have a joke of the week 
or something to cheer us up with before we go into the bye week or anything? No. What was your favorite meme from the Thanksgiving Day weekend? How was your guys' Thanksgiving? Was it good? Good Thanksgiving? John's like, who cares? (laughs) Mike, how was your Thanksgiving? Yeah, awesome. Good. You? I want to tell you about my favorite meme from Thanksgiving that I saw on Instagram. Did you guys ever see the – did you guys see Dolly Parton? At the Dolphins or the uh, the Cowboys halftime game, mm-hmm. have you guys, John? Did you see Dolly Parton? What's an Instagram? <laughs> so, so, anyway, <laughs> Dolly Parton is seventy seven right now, right? So he's basically like she's basically like my parents' age, right? And I know she's seventy seven. Her bones are still seventy seven. Like everything, her kidney, her liver, like everything inside of her is seventy seven. She has gotten so much work done. She does not look seventy seven. Like we're now in our forties. She looks younger than us. Like it's, it's crazy, right? A lot of work done. So my favorite meme of, of the entire weekend was it was, it was a video of this guy, like kind of looking to the side, like, so people couldn't see what he was doing in like a basketball game. Right. So, but, but the caption was me trying to hide from my cousins at Thanksgiving dinner because I'm all bricked up from watching Dolly Parton at the halftime show at 77. Do you guys know what bricked up means? Mm-hmm. Mike does. Good. Mike also knows what mid means. This game was uh, this game was better than mid. It was a good game. This was an instant classic. How come those instant classics don't go our way, though? <laughs> to, to John's point about McDermott, when was the last time there was an instant classic? Everyone's like, the Chiefs game, instant classic. I'm like, yeah, but we fucking lost. So, like, it's not for us. <laughs> the The comeback game is the only game I can think of the Bills for an instant classic just comes to mind it's, it's the only one and and now it's no longer the greatest comeback so that's right whatever I mean, how many other teams have had their like signature win like the music city miracle like that was 13 seconds like all these teams have these like the best games ever against in their history against us um anyway not trying to depress people yeah yeah the bill's biggest claim to fame is that like you know they they play the bills oh let's fire the coach or let's bench their quarterback because they played the bills and lost that's that's our biggest claim to fame. Uh, the team was so bad that they have to do something because they lost to the Bills. Tim <laughs> Boyle starting for the Jets now because of the Bills. Uh, so any final thoughts before we end this one, guys? No. Because... <laughs> Mike, you said instant classic. Anything you want to add to that or good? I didn't hear anything you said, Mike, and I wasn't, I wasn't pl- <laughs> taking my phone off you because I couldn't... <laughs> So I wasn't laughing at whatever you said. And that's what's so important. (laughs) Amen. Amen to that. So thank you guys all for listening to this episode of Circling the Wagons. Buffalo Bills Fan Podcast is episode brought to you by the Twin Spire Sportsbook at the Delago at Delago at the Delago Resort and Casino in Waterloo, New York. So thank you guys again all for listening. Um, This was a rough one, but uh, we're going to be able to talk to you guys in the in the bye week maybe we'll have some clarity some some more thoughts on the outlook of the bills Um, maybe some some thoughts on where we could go as a franchise if for some reason we don't make the playoffs um, which i still think is definitely in the cards depending on how the game against the chiefs go and then again even if they lost that one you just win out right like so it's still possible they're still in the hunt and man, this is the season to do it too. Like, there's no Burrow, there's no Deshaun Watson. The Steelers are so close to losing. Like the next four or five games, like the Bills can easily like the 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 Texans lost today. Like the, the Bills just need to get into the playoffs. They just need to get into it, and they could be a real threat to any team. You know, that's the thing that stinks about uh, about all of this. Is just with these injuries, like the Bills could really be a good team, a, a really tough out. In the playoffs, you know, like they could go in as a seventh seed and make it. All right, real quick, gonna do two winners for our contest. So if you leave us a five star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts on the Circling the Wagons podcast feed, uh, you will get a chance to win a, a shirt from our T Public store. And so we have two winners this week. Uh, first one is Stu McAllister. Stu McAllister. And second winner is Joel Loves Bills. That's Joel Loves Bills. Uh, thank you guys all for leaving the reviews and, uh, and keep them coming. We, we definitely appreciate it. Helps us reach uh, a few more listeners. So on that note, thank you guys all for listening again. Signing off for John.
Sigh. <laughs> for Mike. Go Bills. For me, Nate, go Bills. We'll talk to you guys again in the bye week. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. Um, well, listen, I, you, you, the whole show is called Circling the Wagons. Say no more. I love it. <laughs>
you know, five and six or seven. God it's forbid like... they bring up the bills though while you're talking to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's a, you just wanted to bring that up with daddy. <laughs> yeah. No, but like it's like an overall thing is different. It's obviously different. Like sports is supposed to be like it's supposed to be like um, escape. Yes, a three-hour it's supposed to be an escape from just like movies. Like you go into the movie theater and it, you like popcorn. You sit down and like you're just zoned out watching this thing for three hours. It's like a, an escape, just like you said. Um, the only thing with sports is because you're invested and you have a home team. That it hurts when it doesn't go your way. A movie, like the main character dies, you're like, meh. <laughs> I wasn't well, really see, related to this person. See, the thing, see, that's actually, you know, it's the funny thing. That's what I hate about most movies is they have happy endings 99% of the time, right? It's like, oh, you could, you could almost predict what's going to happen in the movie. But you get that rare movie where it's like, well, I didn't predict that. Oh, it's sad, but I didn't predict it. Like, I was not expecting that whatsoever. So, that's a little bit different. My wife, I, don't I, was, I don't know where I was going originally. My wife <laughs> says that that's the, that's the problem with like kids TV shows that our kids watch is that they always have like uh, everything always comes around right for the character at the end of each show or movie. But like also shows, it's just like this person has a problem. How do they solve the problem? They solve the problem. Everything's fine. When in reality, like life isn't like that. Like there, sure, there are a lot of things that you overcome, but like there's also some things where you don't get like finite closure on, right? Like, and we should also like teach kids or, or teach ourselves that, like, there are just some things where it's like it's not always going to end up with the hero winning or whatever. To your point, John, like, that's you probably like that in part because that's not how life is. Like, life doesn't always end up where, you know, the hero gets the girl or the villain gets stopped or dies or whatever like there's a lot of times where the hero doesn't win and the villain does win you know yeah in that rare in that rare moment or like the movie's open-ended with no sequel or the bad guy wins like that's unexpected like you can't necessarily predict that when you're watching it and that can happen in real life so like why not have more of those things happen yeah, everybody loves a happy ending and a story and the emotions and everything. So that's why they keep doing, they keep trending out the same stuff over and over again. But it's not, you know, it, it is kind of funny. We use sports as an escape, but we get so invested in those sports that it affects us a lot more so much that it's not even an escape anymore. Right. Yeah. Cause it's like Mike always says, only one out of 32 teams wins the final championship right so more often well, it's than all, not it's, it's all rigged anyway but like you, you get yourself so invested and like it, it goes beyond that entertainment where you're like oh let's you know you're going to the game you're doing the tailgating and you got all this all this stuff going on you got all the memorabilia you're, you're doing collectibles and you know so into it you're, you're doing podcasts <laughs> right only if you're an idiot yeah but go on <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, they just let you down, and it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, well, what was all that for? <laughs> what is all this for right now? <laughs> Currently, as it is right now, what is all this for? Yeah. 